0: Nation, you're invited to take your seat. Take a seat at the Warriors' roundtable. Left side, it's a three. In and out, rebound, out to Curry. Let's it fly, three ball, left corner pocket. Welcome to the table on the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7, the game. Curry fires away, three ball, above the rim. Here's Kevin Durant. Right and Gary St. G.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean. The 2023 playoffs are presented by Kaiser Permanente. We want to hear from you, the fans, all hour long. 888-957-9570. You can also hit us up on the Comcast Business text line, 888 Nine five seven ninety five seventy. a lot to break down from last night's crushing game four lost at crypto.com arena the dubs now in a 3-1 hole after dropping a 104-101 decision to the Lake Show last night in Los Angeles. And a lot of things to get to from this game, Gary. Let's start with a Lakers note, though, because I did not have Lonnie Walker the fourth scoring 15 crucial fourth quarter points to sink the Warriors last night on my bingo card. A guy who really hadn't played a whole ton in the first seven games of the playoffs has really become a key reserve and was huge last night for the Lakers in their win.
2: Just a tremendous story. And and when you get into playoffs, you got to expect the unexpected. And that guy there was the difference in the game. And it's kind of gone this way for the Lakers. I I thought in their first win, uh, quietly Vanderbilt did a great job defensively. And then we saw another game where D'Angelo, Russell, and Schroeder scored well. And then last night, Reeves steps up well along, you know, with Walker. And we also had another game where Hashimura played well. So they're getting a lot of contributions from role players. Maybe not every single game the same guy, but a lot of guys stepping up. Now, I knew who this guy was, but uh, playing down there in San Antonio, but My gosh, I mean, he had the the game of his life and the confidence level. And it just goes to show you that this could happen to the Warriors tomorrow night. You don't know when you're going to get your chance. And uh, there may be a reason for the coaching staff to make a subtle adjustment with matchups and all that kind of thing. And that's why the mental side of this, being ready and, and being positive with yourself and not getting down because maybe you're not getting the minutes that you hope you're going to get her to touches. Um, I give all the credit in the world to this guy. He he was tremendous. And I loved LeBron after the game, uh, you know, just saying, hey, this is the reason why we won. And I, I love the way Davis and LeBron were hugging him. It, it was great.
1: Yeah, he had 15 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, all 15 of those points coming in the fourth quarter. TNT showed this graphic after the game. First seven games of the playoffs, he had eight total points, took seven total shots, and played 15 total minutes. In the last three games, two of which have been wins for the Lakers over Golden State, 36 combined points, 61% from the field in 63 minutes. And Kenny Smith said, just because you don't play doesn't mean you can't play. And I, I think that's a good reminder for fans who who see someone that they don't recognize or not someone they are not used to seeing make big plays because – Lonnie is a guy who's super athletic, can jump out of the gym. He can shoot it. He was 37% from three this year. He had a 40-plus percent on a smaller volume earlier in his career, one of those 40-plus percent seasons. He scored at least 11 points per game each of the last three seasons. He was really kind of developing – with the San Antonio Spurs, I remember calling his G League games when he would get assigned to the Austin Spurs just four years ago. So you might not expect it, but he, along with plenty of other guys, are more than capable of stepping up in the limelight.
2: Well, that, that's why you're up 3-1. to one. Uh, It isn't, uh, you know, listen, we can talk about Davis and LeBron all day long, but that you've got to get contributions from other guys, and, and they, they've gotten them and, uh, they, they stayed with a good game plan. Players have played uh, together and, uh, credit to them. Now, you know, we can get down over a tough loss, but you're coming back home and you've had great success at home. And I expect the Warriors, uh, to get one tomorrow. And I, I really th- think that they believe they can go down there and get another one, uh, you know, come, uh, come Friday. And, uh, that, that's why this, this thing is winnable. It, it really is. And everybody might be saying, oh, that, geez, that, that's a lot of optimism. No, it's realism. It, it can happen if the Warriors play uh, well and get a number of people playing well. And, you know, we're going to talk, Kev. The, the, the nemesis of the, of the, the season is uh, committing fouls. The free yeah. throw line was the nemesis to me uh, when you study the stat sheet last night. Uh, turnovers live ball turnovers and uh you know they, they're okay on the boards uh that was okay and they, they really did a pretty good job in the paint but you know it, it was a couple of areas that that we saw all season long on the road
1: yeah, so if you are the Warriors if you were in that locker room how how are you feeling after a loss like that because uh, I agree with a lot of what you just said The odds certainly are long. Not a lot of teams come back from 3-1 down. Now, Golden State certainly did it in 2016, and then the very next round they had it happen to them in the Western Conference Finals and then Finals respectively. But part of me feels like, all right, well, you know you can beat this team on the road after a game like that. Like, just a a play here and a play there, and we're going to go down three. I'm going to break down three key plays late that kind of cost Golden State. But you definitely know you can win at Chase, so it almost just – now obviously you got to do the work tomorrow, but it comes down to can you win a game 6? And Golden State has been in that situation before and they have pulled it out against Oklahoma City. They have had big road wins before game 6 in Boston last year in the in the NBA Finals. So what do you think is the feeling in that locker room right now heading into tomorrow's game 5?
2: Well, it's kind of unique compared to all the other teams in the league because You've won championships with these guys, and uh, a lot of guys have been part of this. And I, I don't think they're gonna put their heads down and say, geez, this is insurmountable." And you got a coaching staff that's done it. So I, I, you know, until they're done, they're gonna keep competing, and I, I think that's, uh, that's gonna really give them a chance. I mean, we're gonna break down Steph's unbelievable game, and uh, my gosh, he's gonna shoot the three ball better than he did last yeah. night, but contributed in so many other ways. And, and I think Clay's going to have a bounce-back game. You know, we can talk about shot selection, and you're going to need more. Uh, it, I think you just need more from Wiggins. Uh, he can do it. I, I'm watching him, and he gets to places where he wants to on the floor. And, you know, um, you know Draymond, five turnovers. I love his effort and all that kind of thing, but they're going to need a real clean game from him. And then we need somebody else that's going to step up. Uh, Peyton played pretty good last night in that role. Can Poole resurrect himself? Uh, I thought DiVincenzo had his best game of this series. So who's it going to be? Or who are the couple guys? You know, Because it's going to take a collective effort to get this done.
1: Yeah, you're right about Dante DiVincenzo. 10 points in 15 minutes, hit a couple threes. Those were some really good signs. You mentioned, Steph, the the fantastic triple-double. 31 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, also had three steals. And he scored or assisted on 61 of their 101 points. But this kind of leads us into some of the plays that cost Golden State down the stretch. He had Anthony Davis, had a mid-range jumper over him. Goes in and out. Draymond gets the rebound. Had Schroeder on him underneath. Decides to kick it back out to Steph. And we've seen Steph hit these Herculean threes before, but wasn't able to hit this one with 15 seconds left. Down 102 to 101. Let's hear from Steph when he was asked if he was felt comfortable taking that shot over Anthony Davis. And then Gary, get your response to what he said
3: after. Absolutely. The first one was they switched and you kind of can see the second layer of defense, obviously knowing he's seven foot and got crazy reach. So you you just want to create a little bit of separation. First one, nice little step back. It was in and out. It felt good. Second one was a little rush, but a shot that I... Obviously, I took it because I thought I could make it. Like I said, I'm living with those, and please put ourselves in a position where in Game 5, we can control momentum as much as possible down the stretch. And again, those shots are there. You're going to take them again.
2: Well, Kev, you know, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm talking about the greatest shooter in the history of the game. Yeah. And, and the normal... NBA uh, situation tells you that when small has big in a situation like that on a perimeter, and he's long, your advantage is to drive the ball, make the defense contract, and pitch it out to another guy. But we're talking about Steph Curry, and and this is an entirely different situation. So I I have, uh, you know, complete trust, belief in him. But uh, in a normal situation, you teach guys to move it along because this is difficult with the contestment where you've got the advantages, your quickness to drive by them. And then you mentioned the Draymond play. Yeah, we've got another expression we use, you can be unselfish to a fault. And he's such a, a great facilitator for others. But in a situation like that, uh, it was a bang-bang play, and maybe he didn't even know who the heck was on him. But if he did, you'd want him to power, get to the rim, maybe a three-point play. Uh, he throws it out, which he's done, you know, a ton of times. And and I know we're going to talk about the, the late-game situation with the turnover on the weak side uh, on the pass there. But, uh, you know, you get back to Steph, and... Uh, I I like what they did. The, you know, these we're going to talk about the uh, tactics defensively uh, that each team did, and I, the beginning of the game uh, he had them in in his hands. He he they couldn't deal with them with the pick and roll up high, and to their credit, they started switching it, and uh, that's the uniqueness of Davis and LeBron talked about that. Most bigs, when they switch on to a great guard, are kind of sweating uh, real real hard because they're saying, my gosh, you know, I can contest, but I can't contain. And uh, you're expecting a blow-by there. And I give them credit because it wasn't working for him early defensively against Steph because he was, he was picking them apart uh, just beautifully when they were doubling or, or in the show too long. So they made a great adjustment there on on their part. And I know we're going to talk about Steph's, uh, the way they played, uh, the way the Warriors played LeBron. So these are the tactics or the strategies that go on during the course of a playoff series.
1: The Warriors are in the Western Conference semifinals. Join us live at Chase Center tomorrow, May 10th, for Game 5 against the Lakers presented by CarMax. All fans in attendance will receive a gold-blooded shirt. Get your tickets now at warriors.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, taking your calls, 888-957-9570. Hit us up on the Comcast business text line, same number, 888-957-9570. And we're going to get into some of those more plays uh, late in the stretch that kind of cost the Dubs game four right here on 95 7 the game.
0: If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors roundtable on 95 7 the game. Hurry behind the back. Wait, stops and pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean.
1: Fame musician and singer-songwriter Brian Adams is coming to Chase Center on Sunday, July 30th with very special guest Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. Kevin Hanna, Gary St. Jean, rocking with you on Warriors Roundtable here on 95.7 The Game. If you want to be a part of the conversation, hit us up on the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570, or you can call in... To the station, same number, 888 957 9570. Let's get back to some of those end of game scenarios that hurt Golden State last night. And uh, Gary, you alluded to it. Draymond Green got the ball. They're down three after Lonnie Walker makes a couple of free throws to make it a 104 101 game. And they're trying to run that old hammer play, right, where a guy dribbles to the baseline and is looking opposite corner, a screen set for it appeared to be Clay in that corner, Try to get a, a, a shot for Clay potentially for a corner three to tie it up. But the Lakers were all over it. Draymond made the cardinal sin of leaving his feet while still having the basketball in his hands and, and threw it away. What would you make of that play?
2: Well, the first thing you you explained it well, and what what you're talking about there is Draymond almost jumping out of bounds. You you've, you've got to get a create an angle to make the pass. And if anything, you understand as a defender the concept of baseline drive, baseline drift. You know that when there's a drive like Draymond's, that if you're not getting to the rim, the pass is to the corner on the weak side. Don't throw it into the paint where the pass went. Because if you do throw it to the corner, in, in all likelihood, the guy's going to knock it out of bounds. And what they did is they switched and, and they went with the principle of big down, small out. So they just saw the exchange over there and they, they weren't worried about it. So good defense by the Lakers. Uh, and if anything, you, you'd hope that he'd thrown it to the corner where it got knocked out of bounds.
1: Could, could you explain big down, small out for, for sure.
2: those of us? So so what you're talking about on the weak side, the side opposite the ball. Uh, let's say we're on the left side. That's the side opposite. The ball's on the right side. Okay. What you try to do is zone up, meaning I'm the big guy. I don't want to have to chase the guy out to the three-point line. If there's two of us, is you and me and I'm the big yeah. I tell you, you take anybody on the perimeter, I'll take anybody in the paint. So we zone it up on on that side so that we keep the big guy in where he's more used to playing defensively and giving us a better chance for a rebound, and the small is used to playing those people out on the perimeter. And, and it's a, you know an old, old practice that you try to, uh, they call it inverting. Get your guy down and get the other guy out.
1: Fair enough, Thea. Thank you there for the explanation, Gary. Let's move on to the final play that really hurt Golden State. And so despite him throwing it away, they were able to force a jump ball Mm. instead of fouling the Lakers. So they had a jump ball. Now it was against Anthony Davis, but Golden State wins the tip and Stephen Curry comes down with it. He had a timeout, but he was falling down. He wasn't sure how much time was left. Let's hear from Steph about that play as he threw it away, and then that essentially ended the game. And then, Gary, I'll get get your thoughts after we hear what Steph had to say on the jump ball play.
3: Yeah, I didn't realize how much time it went off. I was in the air coming down, how long I was on the ground. I actually felt like somebody was behind me and kind of just let it go. but. Bang, bang, play. I wish I had a little bit more awareness to maybe call a timeout knowing we had enough time. But, yeah, it just didn't didn't go our way.
2: Very, very fair answer. And, uh, you know, it's like the guy inbounding Kev. Uh, he's got five seconds. So when you're holding the ball, you count to yourself. thousand one, thousand two, thousand three. When you hit that, now the panic button starts and you're ready to start timeout. So in this situation, I don't recall. You helped me. What what the the clock was with the jump ball. I'm I'm guessing it, it must have been like five seconds. It was at five
1: point one. I want to say when they called the jump ball.
2: And and same awareness that when you say okay, there's the tip. It goes to the floor. There's two seconds. Okay, can I get a timeout? That would have been a brilliant play. Uh, and it didn't happen. But a very honest answer by Steph. And uh, you know a tough situation to be in.
1: Yeah, let's go over some other kind of odds and ends from Game Four. So, some other guys who really struggled: Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole. Yeah, it, it, Clay he had the great game in Game Two. He was eight of eleven from deep, thirty points, eleven of eighteen from the field last night. Nine points on three of ten, three of eight from three. Hit the big three to give them a 99-96 to 96 lead in the final three minutes. Then Golden State only got one more bucket after that, but rushed a couple of shots late. And now, one, there was like five on the shot clock, but heaved it from 30 feet out, and then there was one with about a minute 43 to go. Where they're down one, took a really contested three, and you could see, see kind of the exasperation on Steve Kerr's face and also Draymond kind of threw his hands up like that wasn't the shot that they wanted. Now of course, Clay can make those shots, but last night Gary, he didn't.
2: Yeah, and you know, this season you remember the discussion that Draymond had with him. Yeah. And, uh, and talking to him about his shot selection and don't hunt the ball, let it come to you and we believe in you. Don't you don't have to press you just be Clay Thompson, the Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, that was a great example of what you just shared, that that was a four shot and, and not a quality shot. And, uh, again, you know, uh, today all day long, people were talking about the last three minutes, the shot selection by the Warriors. And that's usually not in question. So, yeah. again, it was one of those games where you had situations that these are the things that come up. And, um, you know, I'm ready to go to war with Klay Thompson. I think he'll come bounce back tomorrow. And we talked about Poole. Yeah. And, uh, Let's move
1: to him.
2: You know, that's, that's if you want to jump to that now, Kev, that, yeah. that's the enigma for me. Uh, I've mm-hmm. talked about a lot of Laker guys stepping up. The Warriors are going to need other people. As you and I talk, of course, I'm watching the Celtics in Philly, and they're getting a big game out of Maxie, and they're getting a big game out of Harris. The warriors need others, not Clay Thompson and Clay and, and Steph to step up and people thought that Poole was going to be the guy and he's just lost his rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh and and you know that can happen to a player. Uh you know you don't see a couple go down and you you start fighting the game a little bit and you feel for him cuz it's a struggle.
1: He did not score last night, 10 minutes 0 for 4 from the field turned it over a couple times, got rushed a couple times. Steve Kerr was on with Willard and Dibbs last hour, and he was saying he thought – For the most part, Jordan did some good things with respect to moving the basketball and being in the right spots, but obviously you want more than Jordan Poole to just be in the right spots and move the basketball because he can provide such a scoring punch. He averaged just under 21 points per game this year, and that was even coming off not the most efficient season, even when he Hmm. isn't at his most efficient, still able to give you 20-plus. He can detonate. He had the 43 in Toronto earlier this year. But he has not given the Warriors a whole lot in the scoring department in the postseason, just under 11 points per game. And Gary, I'm curious, he's had a couple of decent games in the playoffs, but has generally not been good in the postseason. How many minutes do you give him going forward? Are we down to kind of see if he can be good in a stretch and if he is playing more and if not, that's it?
2: Yeah, you're down three to one and and you don't have a lot of time and and just say, hey, you know, go out there and we're going to play you 30 minutes or something like that. No, that's not the case. Uh, I think uh, uh, just beyond your big three, everybody else is on a shorter leash tomorrow uh, because you've got uh, a state of urgency to get it done.
1: Yeah, so the, the Warriors have to get it done. They are down 3-1. They have to win three straight. If you want to hit us up, 888-957-9570 on the Comcast Business text line, same number if you want to call up the station and talk to us on the air, 888-957-9570. On the bright side, there were some bright sides from Game 4. We, we've discussed a little bit Steph's 31-point Ten rebound, fourteen assists, triple double. He was spectacular, even though uh, he was only three of fourteen from downtown. But Gary Payton the second was kind of the the mystery man starting five, and that mystery was uh, for the fifth starter, and the, the mystery was kind of wiped away by Sham Sharania uh, two three hours before the game he made his report that Young Glove was going to be stepping into the starting lineup in. Gary, I thought he was tremendous last night. 15 points, three rebounds, two assists. He was a plus three in a three-point loss in 23 minutes. Hit a corner three. He airballed the wing three, which he isn't as comfortable with, but nailed the corner three, which he is very comfortable with. And it felt like, obviously, he didn't get 24 lifts because that would have been at least 48 points, and he scored 15. But it felt like he got layups every time like he got 20 plus layups in that game because he was getting so many wide open looks with the way that the Lakers were defending uh, the the Warriors and then you know involving GP2 in the screen because Anthony Davis was guarding him and it just left him wide open inside time and time again and we know how good of a rim finisher young glove is
2: well again that's another strategic uh, tactic that the layer Lake uh, the Warriors they, they knew that uh, Davis was going to guard Peyton. And so they brought him up in the pick and roll. And so much of these games are about the matchups and trying to get certain guys guarding certain guys. And that was creating the situation where GP2 uh, was rolling to the basket and, you know, he was wide open. And what they were doing is they were jumping out uh, at Steph. The ball went to Draymond and then. I don't know what, three, four times uh we saw Peyton getting layups and uh it, it was beautiful, beautiful execution to the point that it was so good it caused the Lakers to make an adjustment and that's when they started switching yeah. that pick and roll action. But boy, oh boy, that that was just textbook. Boom, 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 layup. I mean, it was beautiful to see. You know, I like love him. Uh he's he's a winner, and he played a terrific game and uh you know people talk today about whether he should have been on walker uh you know you look at matchups and all that kind of thing and uh to tell you the truth I'm not quite sure who was on walker when he got the points but um you know that they're going to they're going to look to to play him again tomorrow I I would think I don't know if they'll stay with the same starting lineup but uh he he did a very credible job
1: Again, you can talk to us, 888-957-9570. Let's head out to Rich in Fremont. Rich, what's going on?
4: Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the master, Gary St. Jean, nice to hear from you, my brother. Hey, what's happening, Rich? Hey, you know what? i tell you something. The one element of this that I think a lot of people probably don't don't focus on is that, you know, really at the end of the day, this is about what we've been seeing all year from the Golden State Warriors, Okay, yes. where they go out, they have a couple of good games, they have some games where they're close, and they lose the game. And the reason why that happens is because they get out there and they start doing what they did all year. That's trading baskets with opponents. Okay, and they're not getting stops. They're not, they're not stopping the other team from scoring. It, it, it's about understanding. You know, You win games by scoring but you also win by stopping the other team from scoring. And if you can't stop the other team from scoring, that's when those games come close, and that's when you have a 50-50 game where you could win, but you can also lose. And I think that's what's happening right now. And what they got to do is they got to figure out how to stop the Lakers from scoring. Thanks, guys.
2: Well, Rich, you're making a great point. And and by going with uh, one big with Draymond and Smalls, uh, you're you're a little bit vulnerable at the rim, and uh, you had some guys getting hot. Obviously, Davis. I, I was in shock in the second half that they stopped going to him, but to post him or LeBron is, is definitely an advantage for them. And uh, you know, I only got he only got ten minutes last night, but I, I can see Looney getting a bigger role uh, come tomorrow, some way or f- fashion. And you know, Rich, you're right about. Uh, the stops and when you, when you don't have uh, your, your full strength, when you've changed your your lineup, uh, it, it affects your defense and I, I think when this team is really sharp, uh, it, it goes back to the championship years where they get stops and they get multiple stops, two, three in a row, and then they get in transition and they get some easy baskets, and they get Mr. Moe that's Mr. Momentum on their side. And I thought last night when they got that 10-point lead, I said, wow, they're going to get one here in L.A. But then again, uh, the Lakers got a quick, uh, quick run and got all the momentum back
1: let's go out to the text line the comcast business text line this is from the 510 who states just win game five then the pressure shifts to the lakers and the dubs can feed off that you think it's as simple as that gary where look you're still going to be down three two but then i mean it doesn't become a must win for the lakers but now they're kind of feeling the 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 warriors nip at their heels a little bit
2: oh i i think that's 110 percent right on uh you know what? There's a heck of a feeling sitting in a locker room after a playoff win. And and you're looking around each other, and I, I believe in you. You believe in me. And, you know, when you, when you get a great win, like a road win, and, and you bring in the hands, meaning everybody, come on in, let's put it in. And you put those hands in there, there's a feeling that you just feel going up your arms that's yeah. amazing that I really can't explain in depth. But boy, oh boy, there's nothing like it. It's so, so special.
1: Here's from the four one five, one 5 and this is a good point, I, and I definitely think it's worth discussing. I haven't heard any of them mention the fact that L.A. shot 20-20 from the foul line. Simple math. Yeah. They go 16-20, to and the Warriors win that game. And that's a fair point because at one point in this game, I think both teams had attempted 12 free throws, but the Warriors went 9-12. They left some points at the line. And, you know, Looney goes 0 for 2 from the line. Wiggins went 3 of 4, which is good for Andrew. But, look, LeBron James is not the best free throw shooter, but he was 5 of 5. Jared Vanderbilt is not the best free throw shooter. He went 2 of 2. And and everyone made their free throws. And, uh, to me, sometimes it feels like made free throws or missed free throws can be contagious. And and it was contagious in the sense that the Lakers weren't missing last night.
2: No, you're right on, and they're historically not a great free-throw shooting team. But for me, it's the free-throw attempts, and when you're playing inside, when you're driving the ball, when you've got two bigger guys like Davis and LeBron, and they're creating maybe shots for others to drive and get to the free-throw line hey, that's big because you're shooting 41 threes. You're playing against big, so you're not getting to the rim. You're not getting as many offensive rebounds. You're not getting to the free throw line. As we said earlier, to me, that was the disparity when you look at the stats last night. And it's been a thorn in the side all year long. And that's why, you know, you look at Looney getting eight offensive rebounds in a game. Well, it it may not be that he's putting them back up and in, but he's kicking them out, or yeah. for a guy to knock down a three, or somebody to drive and get to the free throw line, and that's big. I, it it's a big stat. It's it's uh, because the the Lakers are not a good three point shooting team. You, no. uh, you know, they're not. That just the way it is, and this is how it runs in the playoffs. You say you're not going to go out there to McLaughlin, or, and you know who you're going to run out at, and. So uh, it, they're going to give GP3 probably a, a, to a, a corner three uh, or maybe more so on the wing. And, and it's the strategy that's involved. And, and you know tendencies of what uh, offensive things are going to be done, but it's your understanding of how you're going to handle these defensive situations and not putting the other team on the free throw line.
1: Let's head back out to the phone lines. We got JP in Union City. What's up, JP?
5: Hey, fellas. What's going on? Um, just kind of want to talk about. I, I think a, a lot of this falls upon the coaching, and I mean Steve Kerr's probably one of the best coaches out there. We have four championships for a reason. In uh, in Kerr, he tries to juggle and wear all the hats. Uh, first and foremost, he's a great coach when it comes to X and, X's and O's. But most importantly, Kerr is a great leader of the people. And he's so invested in everyone's emotions. And to the point, though, where this could be a double-edged sword, I think what happens is that he tries to satisfy everyone emotionally because it's all about that connection. If you don't have that connection, you don't have to buy in from the team. But that's a double-edged sword is because the data is the data. What's working is what's working. But because... He wants every player to be happy. He will not ridicule Draymond. He will not ridicule Clay. And for whatever reason, the rookies, he's able to kind of put that on them. I think that could get in the way. And, and, and I honestly feel like that's what's creating this tension with, within the locker room. Because it, it, I, at the I of the day it's all about execution. But when you're too invested in people's emotions and you stop looking at the numbers and what's actually working, I think that can go against your game plan.
2: Well, JP, that, that's, that's fair to share. Uh, what I'm going to share with you is uh, when you're a Hall of Fame coach and you've got two players that you just mentioned uh, that, you know, had some plays maybe that you want to question or how they conducted themselves, uh, he's not going to do it through the media. That's not going to happen. Uh, he, he's going to have a talk with them maybe individually or as a group when they're watching film. And, and cover it. And he, he's terrific at that. But he's not going to bury some guy through the media. That, that's just not how the way he operates. And, uh, you know, as a player, he played for Phil Jackson and, and uh, Greg Popovich. And you, you said it. I mean, to me, uh, who's coaching out there? The two best guys left are uh, Spolstra and Steve. They're the best coaches. And uh, co- players tell coaches who to play. He's reaching a little bit uh, by, by starting, you know, uh, Peyton and going smaller. And then, you know, coming, does he go back big again? Uh, the consistency of the players tells you who to play and how many minutes to play and what group plays well. And tell you the truth, he, he's looking there and he's, he's throwing them up on the board and seeing which one sticks.
1: Warriors Basketball Academy powered by Rakuten has announced their summer camp schedule with locations throughout the Bay Area. These sessions are for boys and girls ages 7 to 15 of all skill levels and abilities. Visit gswacademy.com to learn more. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, more of your calls and texts again, 888-957-9570. And take a look ahead to Game 5 right here on 95.7 The Game.
0: Each and every member of Dub Nation...
2: Everybody would please take your seats.
0: The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95.7 The Game. Knocked it down straight out for about 28 feet. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean.
1: Let's take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. Game 5 tomorrow at Chase Center. 6.30 on the air with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert tipping at seven. Presented by CarMax. If necessary, Game 6 would be Friday, May 12th, down at Crypto.com Arena. Time to be determined. I think that also depends on whether the Knicks are able to force a Game 6 against the Miami Heat. And then Game 7, if necessary, would be Sunday. Back here at Chase Center, that would be presented by by Rakuten. Still taking your texts and calls on the Comcast business text line, 888-957-9570. Same number if you want to call us up. And here's one from the 415. Uh, I think this is a good question for you, uh, Gary. With Looney being used sparingly, who's going to get the long rebounds that he's so good at getting when we miss? And how is that going to work? And Gary, you mentioned that you think there might be some, some room for some more Looney minutes. And I think a lot of Warriors fans would love to to see some more Kavon Looney he has not played a whole lot he had the illness he was dealing with in game two and he only played 11 minutes last night
2: yeah that might, that might be a look that you you take uh you know you you sacrifice a little bit uh as far as um you know perimeter scoring but that rebounding is so gosh darn important and he's had some Amazing, amazing games, and he's got such great playoff experience. I, I won't be surprised at all if we see him uh, a, a good bit tomorrow.
1: And this is from the five one zero, and I think this is important to address because a lot of people are talking about the officiating in this series. Here's a fun stat. For those that say Lakers don't foul that much, regular season Lakers average just a hair under eighteen mm. fouls per game. On the playoffs, they're averaging seventeen. Warriors trend went up from twenty one point four to twenty two point seven. If you assume that every foul in the Warriors is an and one, not getting seventeen fouls called is wild. They had eight prior to the blowout. I assume the five one zero is referencing the game three, a thirty point loss at the hands of the Lakers. Now, to me, when I watch this game, I don't see a conspiracy theory taking no. uh, taking place out there in the court like this is to be expected the Warriors are one of the most fouling teams in the NBA and the Lakers are one of the best at getting to the foul line so when you put those two things together you are going to get a big free throw disparity maybe not plus 52 through four games but we can't say that this wasn't somewhat expected
2: at least well the stats talk they speak to you and uh early in the series they they were in the huddle with the mic and, and you heard Darvin Ham talking about hands high, don't reach, stay vertical, uh, transition defense, build a wall. And uh, that, that's his mantra because he believes that that's a big key for them. And they've been really good at it. They, uh, you know, they'll let a guy get by him knowing that Davis is back there, that, you know, that, that gives them a, you know, a tremendous defensive presence. And LeBron is just brilliant. Uh, you know, uh, people complain about how much he complains to the, uh, the the officials, but let me tell you what he's earned. He's earned a good whistle. Yeah. And uh, in the Warriors situation, uh, they've got to be extremely smart. And uh, that to get to get a good win and keep this thing going, they're gonna have to play uh, you know play hard and play smart. All right,
1: here's one from the 216 saying, Hey, guys, Stephen Curry is one of the top point guards of all time, but the difference between his status and the status of LeBron and Jordan is that they would be blamed for missing those shots at the end of the game. LeBron and Jordan would be blamed for not carrying their team over the top despite the lack of support. Now, I I would push back on this a little bit only because I would say that I do think that outside of the Bay Area, Curry gets a lot of grief. You you will see nationally that people are pointing out the stat that Stephen Curry in the playoffs for a go-ahead shot in the final 45 seconds of a playoff game is 0 for 12. And there are people who make a cottage (laughs) industry out of hating on Stephen Curry. See Bayless comma skip. Uh, and, and he's not the only one either. And so I do think that, all right, maybe he's not getting blamed in the Bay area and, uh, the two one six is not a Bay area number. So I, I don't know if, yeah. if the two one six, if that person is living in the Bay area, they're listening on, on online or, or whatever. But I, I do think kind of outside of our little bubble, there's a lot of Curry hate out there. There is a lot of Curry criticism.
2: Well, you're, you're an extremely diplomatic, uh, young, young man. Uh, that was well said. And I had a, a great friend of mine, a former player at Yale, Greg Bundy, call me the, this morning with that stat. I wasn't going to bring it up. and uh, But you know what? How about Michael Jordan's uh, expression or statement? you got to have the courage to take that last shot. A lot of guys will not take. They shy away from it. And uh, he's there all the time for it. And I, I would put the ball in his hands, 100 out of 100 possessions. LeBron is going to be powering to the basket. Uh, uh, you want him to try to beat you over the top. And, you know, I, I can't give you anything uh, for pool because, uh, you know what, he's not the end of the game option. It's going to be Steph or Clay.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got – Two minutes left here or so. Time to to look at one more text, uh, and, and this is kind of going back to the officiating, but not from a like uh, this is a you know poorly officiated like x y and z. The Warriors are getting mm. jobbed here. Uh, the five one zero saying the Lakers are a flopping team. The Warriors need to sell the fouls a little more. Do you agree with
2: that, Gary? Well, you know I know Steve made the statement that they flopped a lot. Yeah. Uh, and uh you know what sometimes there's some some gamesmanship uh you you plant these things uh, in the media and the, the officials maybe read about them they're human they talk about them uh they they have a they know uh, they they know the players they know who's capable of flopping and and who doesn't uh they're they're darn good at that thing um no nah, I, I i i think that's kind of when you get to this far in the playoffs, you're going to get pretty darn good officials, and they get they don't get sold on those flopping uh, situations that we see as much during the regular season.
1: All right, game five is going to be tomorrow night, seven p.m. tip time, six thirty on the air here on ninety five seven. The game with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert. Last question for you, Gary. Uh, who do you think is going to be the fifth starter? We know Wiggins, we know Draymond, we know Clay, we know Steph. I think it's going to be GP2 again because I think that lineup largely worked pretty well, especially in the third quarter when they were able to create some separation and GP2 was getting layup
2: after layup. What say you, though? I can buy into that, and I'll I'll go another way and say to you, how are the Warriors going to handle this pick-and-roll situation where we're getting LeBron uh Curry switched on to yeah. LeBron? That, that's a big issue that they're going to have to address. Yep. On the other side of the coin, the Payton situation, it gives Davis a a guy that they can hide him on because they don't want him guarding Draymond because he's so active on the perimeter. So they're going to give up perimeter stuff. Uh... You know what? I'm going to be happy if it's Peyton or Looney. I, that, okay. That's my answer.
1: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Looney out there either. Well, that'll do it for our show tonight. Big thank you to Mark Grandy behind the glass for uh, getting us set up here on 95.7 The Game. Big thank you to R.C. Davis and Marika Kledo with the Golden State Warriors for sending over the promotions and uh, their support of the show. For Gary, I'm Kevin saying so long. Thanks for tuning in to 95.7 The Game. We'll hopefully talk to you next week. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through one hand three up and good. Or the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That and nailed it. 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.